Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Thank 
בכל הדרכים שהלכתי בעצם, היית לי נר לרגליי. הייתי עיוור, לא ראיתי מעבר למה שהביטו עיניי. מלך מלכי המלכים, תודה על חיים, על עושר, על בכי, על צחוק. גם כשקשה לפעמים, גם אז אלוקים, אתה לעולם לא רחוק. מלך מלכי המלכים, תודה על חיים, על עושר, על בכי, על צחוק. גם כשקשה לפעמים, גם אז אלוקים, אתה לעולם לא רחוק. גם כי אלך בדרכי חשוכה. פתחתי בך אלוקיי, על חצי שני, על בכור וילדה, תודה גם על עושר בלידיי. תודה על חגים, על שבת ששומרת, שלא ייגמר לעולם. כל יום שעובר בדרכי לגן עדן, שיוויתי אותך מול עיניי. מלך מלכי המלכים, תודה על חיים, על עושר, על בכי, על צחוק. גם כשקשה לפעמים, גם אז אלוקים, אתה לעולם לא רחוק. מלך מלכי המלכים, תודה על חיים, על עושר, על בכי, על צחוק. גם כשקשה לפעמים, גם אז אלוקים, אתה לעולם מלכי המלכים, תודה על חיים, על עושר, על בכי, על צחוק. גם כשקשה לפעמים, גם אז אלוקים, אתה לעולם לא רחוק. מלך מלכי Yerushalayim <laughs> 
J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday morning. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Derech Achim. Good song, huh? Derech Achim. Odishama here at J.M. in the A.M. Eyal Golan with Melech Machem Lachim. You heard Hua Lokim done by Shevis Achim. Avremo had Achim Banefesh. Celebrate. That was eighth day. Simcha Liner's Merakade. Remember, Simcha Liner's here tomorrow with a new music alert Wednesday. He'll visit J.M. in the A.M. tomorrow. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday on this December the 26th, day 8 in the month of Teves, the year 5778, fast day this Thursday, Teves this coming Thursday. It's cold here in New York. If you're in the New York area, oh boy, 26 degrees, sunshine today and a high of 32, mostly clear tonight, low 21, tomorrow mostly sunny, a high 27. Yerushalayim, 56 degrees, we're at 26 on a Tuesday morning here at JM and AM, an action-packed show, action-packed day, as you can imagine. That's what the Nahum Single Network provides each and every day. Don't forget, you could support us, and I hope you would now that we get toward the end of 2017. A lot of people toward the end of the year like to give charitable contributions even more than during the year. So please hop aboard that bandwagon. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. You can actually sponsor part or all of a JM and AM broadcast in memory of somebody, or a foolish lema for somebody, in honor of somebody. You can do all of that at the website, fjbunity.org, for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. And we thank you, of course, for your generosity and for keeping us going here uh, for yet uh, another great year. How many years is it? 35 years of JM in the AM. And I'm very proud of that. Wow. Pretty amazing. 1983, soon till at least 2018, which is pretty cool. JM and the AM, thanks for joining us. And remember that the Yeshiva League Sports Update is on the way. This is the only place we can get a comprehensive look at what's happening in Yeshiva League sports, hockey, basketball, etc. That's happening at 7.20 this morning with Elliot Weiselberg right here at JM and the AM. So keep that in mind. This is brand new Shirei Pinchas, volume number three, and you're listening to JM and the AM. Zelo ze, 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 zelo
מקבלים עליהם על מלכוש המים זה מי זה? וכולם מקבלים מקבלים עליהם על מלכוש המים זה מי זה? מקבלים, מקבלים עליהם עול מלכוש המים זה מי זה? זה מי זה? זה מי זה? זה מי זה?
JM in the AM, the Sephardic medley from Safam closes out hour number one here on a, uh, what is today, Tuesday morning. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, let's see, before Safam, you had the um, Ohad selection, Sameach. Rifaini was done live from Israel with Avram Avram Fried. Shlomo Simcha Motzi Asirim, Hato from David Gabe, Micha Gamerman, and Zemizeh off of the Shirei Pinchas volume number three. And uh, welcome to a Tuesday. It's December the 26th, the 8th of Teves. Cold here in New York. Hope it's comfortable wherever you are. This is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at on the Nachomsigl Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. A reminder that you can support our efforts here at JM and the AM by going to fjbunity.org. It would be amazing if you'd make a year-end donation to our foundation that keeps us going, both the JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Plenty more coming up here on a Tuesday, and tomorrow, don't forget, is a new music alert Wednesday with Simcha Liner live in studio. Wednesday, Simcha Liner live in studio, and Thursday, pretty big music day as well. The um, information and discussion about Hask, a time for music 31, will take place here in this studio. Ellie Gerstner and maybe some others will be our guests here at JM in the AM. Thursday, our friends from Hask, a time for music 31, in studio here at JM in the AM. Should be pretty interesting. Make sure to be tuned in. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio. 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. בנק ישראל מפרסם דוח חמור על התנהלות בנק הפועלים בפרשת ההטרדה המינית של המנכ״ל לשעבר ציון קיינן, כתבתנו אינה אנטונוב. לפי הדוח התהליך שביצע בנק הפועלים בפרשה היה לא שקוף. עוד נכתב כי התנהלות יור הדירקטוריון לשעבר יאיר סרוסי שלא לדווח על המקרה לבנק ישראל משקפת טעות חמורה בשיקול הדעת. בנוסף יש להדיח את יושבת ראש ועדת הביקורת בבנק עקב התנהלותה. מהפועלים נמסר הדוח קובע שהבנק פעל קשורה במישור רחוק למניעת הטרדה מינית. בנק ישראל לא מצא פסול בסיפי הסודיות ובגובה התשלום ששולם לעובדת. מסרוסי נמסר הנושא טופל בקפדנות וברגישות תוך שנעזרתי ביועצים משפטיים. המשבר עם קק"ל, בכיר בקרן תוקף את מנכ"ל משרד האוצר שי בעבד ומשחק כדי לייצר מלחמה, כתבנו ניתאי הנבי. בקק"ל אומר לגלי צה"ל שי בעבד הוא פירומן ידוע, הכל בלוף אחד גדול, לא השתנה כלום מהסיכום ואנחנו עומדים מאחוריו. בעבד ממשיך במשחקים שלו לייצר מלחמה בכל חזית, וראה בנו כלי נוח ומחמם את ראש הממשלה, שגם כך אנחנו יודעים מה הוא עובר עכשיו. הגורם מסכם, הממשלה הלאומית הוכיחה שהיא מספיק אלימה כדי להעלים את קק"ל עד כאן. השר נפתלי בנט מגבה את הרמטכ"ל גדי איזנקוט, שנפגש עם ראש הממשלה והרמטכ"ל לשעבר אהוד ברק בביתו בתל אביב. יש לנו בקבינט אמון מלא ברמטכ"ל גדי איזנקוט. התייעצויות של רמטכ"ל עם מומחי ביטחון מחוץ למערכת היא דבר מפרה ומבורך, וכך אנחנו מצפים ממפקד צה"ל. אנחנו ממשיכים לגבות את צה"ל ואת מפקדו. בחדשות שתיים פורסם אמש שאיזנקוט וברק נועדו יממה בלבד, לפני שברק אמר בכנס פומבי כי הוא חושד ממרד של קצינים בכירים בצה"ל. 
שער מכבי חיפה מאור בוזגלו עבר בשעות האחרונות בדיקות לבירור חומרת פציעתו. בוזגלו נפצע בברכו אמש במשחק עם קבוצתו לשעבר הפועל באר שבע. הוא שוחח עם עיתונאים בבית החולים אסותא שבתל אביב. הרגשה היא לא הכי טובה, לא הכי נוחה, אבל אני אופטימי. עברתי דברים קשים, מה שיגיע, נעבור גם את זה. אבא שלי בסופו של דבר הגיב בצורה אמוציונלית, אפשר להבין בסופו של דבר, אנחנו מתעסקים בספורט, זה לא מלחמה. בשעה זו נפתחת בריאת בירת סעודיה אליפות העולם בשחמט בזק, ללא נוכחות המשתתפים הישראלים שכניסתם למדינה המוסלמית סורבה. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. יותר מ-200 שחמטאים מכל העולם משתתפים בתחרות הקרויה על שם המלך סלמן מלך סעודיה. איראן וקטאר מסרבות להשתתף אחרי שנציגיהן קיבלו אשרות כניסה רק יומיים לפני הפתיחה. שגרירות סעודיה בארצות הברית נימקה את מניעת השתתפותם של הישראלים בכך שאין יחסים רשמיים עם ישראל. ארגון השחמט העולמי, פידה, לא הצליח למנוע את הסירוב הסעודי. בעקבות הבצורת, הרבנים הראשיים לישראל בקריאה ליום תפילה מיוחד, כתבתנו שיר עזרף. לצערנו ובעוונותינו הרבים איננו זוכים השנה לברכת שמיים בגשמי ברכה ולפיכך אנו קוראים לציבור להתכנס לתפילה מיוחדת ביום חמישי, צום עשרה בטבת, ברחבת הכותל המערבי לתפילת מנחה, כתבו הרבנים הראשיים במכתב שהפיצו לציבור. הרבנים מצטרפים לשר החקלאות אורי אריאל שיזם תפילה המונית בשל שנת הבצורת וירידת הגשמים. אנחנו מקווים שהתפילות האלה יענו, כי היום ומחר, בעצם עד סוף השבוע, תחול עלייה בטמפרטורות ותנשב רוחות מזרחיות חזקות גם בערים וגם בצפון הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך דן דובין. Oh, 
JM and the AM. It's Ellie Marcus here on a uh, JM and the AM uh, Tuesday morning broadcast. Uh, Rofe Naman. Before that, Baruch Levine with Rena off of the Hashkifa album. Quarter after 7 o'clock in the morning, it's JM and the AM. I want to thank those who responded to the emergency campaign for the Azan family. I want to remind you that there is an emergency campaign under the auspices of Rabbi uh, David Ozeri. Uh, to donate, you could first go online to the GoFundMe page, GoFundMe.com. You could search uh, Azan Family Fire Fund, Azan Family Fire Fund. And um, you'll see the campaign there online. You can contribute there uh, directly. Uh, also, you can make your checks payable to Yad Yosef. Make your checks payable to Yad Yosef. And either drop them off at the hat box at 1837 Coney Island Avenue at Avenue O in Brooklyn, New York. Or you can mail them to the Arem family, A-R-E-M, 1126 East 23rd Street in Brooklyn, 11210. Uh, again, that's checks payable to Yad Yosef. Mail them to the Arem family, A-R-E-M, 1126 East 23rd Street in Brooklyn, 11210. Two one zero. Oh, it's the emergency campaign for the Azan family. And last night I saw Shimon Lefkowitz at the Ehrenfeld wedding. And he tells me that over 700 people came to the Kinnis Sunday night in Brooklyn in memory of the Azan family members. Over 700 people responded to that Kinnis Esoros. Kolakavot, everybody who came out and uh, was part of it. Really an amazing effort and uh, incredible how it was put together at the last minute by um, uh, by people in the community. So big yashikach. More coming up. It's JM and the AM. Our Yeshiva League sports update is around the corner. That's right. Just a few minutes from now, our Yeshiva League sports update with Elliot Weiselberg. Also, I remind you, we are part of the Douglas Sokloff experience. Uh, Pesach 2018 at the Westin Lake Las Vegas Resort and Spa. Check it out today by going online, sokloffexp.com, S-O-C, L O F E X P dot com or dial one eight hundred eight two six five six four five one eight hundred eight two six five six four five. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That's uh, Eitan Katz with Hodul Hashem off Shirei Pinchas, volume number three. 22 minutes after 7 o'clock Tuesday morning. It's J.M. in the A.M. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget, you can support us and uh, pay tribute to whatever part of this radio broadcast you love uh, by going to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and making a year-end donation to us. Greatly appreciated. Elliot Weiselberg, as usual, has been working hard on our Yeshiva League Sports Update. Tuesdays at 7.20 Eastern Time is when we present the Yeshiva League Sports Update. Special shout-out to Mike and everybody at Crown Trophy. You know when the uh, championship trophies are raised in the month of March, there will be trophies made by our friends at Crown Trophy. Keep that in mind for your own trophy needs. Elliot Weiselberg, Yeshiva League Sports Update on this Tuesday morning now. At JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. With 2017 drawing to a close, the home stretch to the playoffs in the MYHSAL is set to begin. Today, on this, the last Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update of the calendar year, an instant classic between DRS and Frisch in varsity basketball, Rambam and Hafter go down to the wire in varsity hockey, and North Shore rides a strong week into second place in JV basketball East. All that and more straight ahead. Good morning, I'm Elliot Weiselberg. The Rambam Ravens and the Hafter Hawks are two teams that usually find themselves in the conversation at the top of Varsity Hockey's Eastern Conference, and this year is no exception. The two sides squared off in Rambam this past week with possession of first place on the line. The two teams traded goals with senior defensemen Oren Goldberg and Joe Wortman scoring for Hafter and Rambam respectively. The score would stay 1-1 until late in the third when Goldberg would notch his second of the night on Hefter's power play for the game-winning goal. Hefter's win puts its record at 8-1 and is now in a tie with Rambam, who are at 8-3, both with 16 points. In other action, SAR put more distance between them and the rest of the West, knocking off MTA 5-1, and North Shore drops Solomon Schechter for the second time this year, once again in overtime, and once again by a 3-2 final. After taking a loss to Mag and David last week, the luster of a battle of the undefeated in varsity basketball between DRS and Frisch fell by the wayside. But anyone who believed that this game still would not shine would be in for a major surprise. Frisch up 50-47, to DRS senior Gideon Valinsky would run the length of the floor as the clock wound down and would drain a running three at the buzzer to send the game to overtime. In the extra session, Frisch would build a five-point lead. Valinsky would hit another three. Frisch senior Judah Strolowitz would hit one of two from the free throw line, and you can guess what happened next. Valinsky wove his way to the right corner and drained a fadeaway three to tie the game at 64. This time, however, there would be too much time left. Frisch would march up the floor, and Jack Levine would nail a three of his own, giving Frisch the 67-64 win. Levine led Frisch with 26 points, topped only by Volinsky for the game with 31. Finally, in boys' JV basketball, North Shore used three games in six days to jump from mediocrity to near the top of the pack. As of December 13th, the Stars were 3-3. Three and three. By December 21st, they had added a win over Hank, an overtime win over previously undefeated Hafter, and a two-point win over the last undefeated team in the East, Share Tora, to lift their record to 6-3 and, and into second place in the division. They cannot reach Hafter to take the top spot in the East, but they will most likely make the postseason, and given the caliber of teams that they've taken down in their week-long assault, the Stars will be a force to be reckoned with.
Looking for more Yeshiva League action? Tune into tonight's Encore presentation of The Court Report at 7 p.m. on the Nachum Siegel Network. This past week, we dove more in-depth into the DRS Fridge Classic, the insanity in a tightly packed Girls Varsity A, and the clarity that could come this week in Boys Varsity Hockey East. All that and more tonight at 7 p.m. and an all-new episode this coming Sunday night on The Court Report, presented by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn, only on the Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. And that was your Tuesday morning jam, the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. Davidi with that selection entitled Sameach here at JM in the AM. Tuesday morning, our Vedavad Goldwasser's words, Zechanishmas of Zebni Yosef Alevi, and Zechanishmas Esther Basri Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Reflections on Asarabateves. As we have learned, during the times of the second Besamikdash, when there was Tishabov, there was joy 
intermingled with tsar, with pain and grief. We learn in Tanakh that on the day when the foundation of the second base Amikdash was laid, all the people burst into a great shout of praise to Hashem. Many raised their voices in shouting for joy. But many of the elder Kohanim, the Leviim, and the heads of families who had beheld the first base Amikdash, they wept loudly. Those who had seen the glory of the first base Amikdash realized that the second base Amikdash was not its equivalent. In reply to those who questioned the fast, Hashem said that the reason they fasted was in order to contemplate their wrongdoings and do tshuva, to repent. The Abarvanel notes that although their query was only regarding Tishabov, Hashem specified, you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh month, referring also to Tzoyim Gedalia. This teaches us that the death of a tzaddik is comparable to the destruction of the Besamikdosh. We learn that the Rambam states, a glowing coal of Bnei Yisrael was extinguished, and there was a decline in the spiritual level of our people. The Rambam explains that the objective of fasting is in order to correct the misdeeds of our people, that we should be inspired to do tshuva. This can only be achieved through introspection, understanding who we are as a people, appreciating the seriousness of any departure from Torah and mitzvahs. A number of years ago, a young man from a secular home attended a college out in the Midwest. Far from home, with no communal network, Robert soon became friendly with some of the students on campus. Unbeknownst to him, they were part of a missionary group. Robert attended their social events and in time became part of the Bible study classes. Soon, he was a full-fledged, converted member of their group. A number of months later, he made his way back to Yiddishkeit. Ultimately, he began to lead a true Torah life. However, he was still troubled about his past. At one point, he made an appointment with me to ask a very serious Shila. He explained that during the short period of time that he had been with the group, he had actually helped to recruit other, possibly Jewish students, to become affiliated with them. He was guilt-ridden, and he wanted to know how could he repent for those actions. I explained to him that just as he had done then, he has to go out and recruit young people. However, this time, he has to bring them closer to Torah and to Judaism. Years had gone by since we last spoke. When we recently met on the street, Robert brought me up to date on his family and his career. He then related to me that he's still heavily involved in outreach. I was surprised. In a voice filled with emotion, he explained that his tshuva was so inspirational, he had decided to continue his work for his entire life. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. Misha Asas from uh, Sandy Shmueli here on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast at J.M. in the A.M. Well, some of you have read about the um, uh, situation that the Landsman family is in. Uh, in fact, there is a, a GoFundMe page uh, which uh, directly and simply is entitled uh, Save Benny and Josh. And uh, what is this all about and what type of situation is the family in? Well, we have with us live via telephone. Jenny Landsman, she and her husband Gary are going through this uh, story with their children and uh, can bring us up to date on what's going on. Jenny Landsman, welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, thank you for having me. Nice to speak with you. Hope things are uh, are going relatively well. Explain to our audience what's going on and uh, what has happened recently uh, with your children to uh, lead you to create the GoFundMe page and to reach out to the greater Jewish community. Um, we, uh, have two beautiful children, um, Benny and Josh. Benny is 17 months right now. Josh is five months. And, um, in, in August, they were diag- they were both diagnosed at the same time with, uh, Canavan's disease, which is a fatal 
neurological childhood disorder. It's neurodegenerative. So um, it was it was very shocking to us, and and we were told that there is no cure, and there's no um, there's really nothing that you can do, and so we were told to just go home and and love them. Now um, I I've been uh, I've I have heard of Canavan disease, and anybody who's uh, paid any attention to Jewish genetic diseases over the years certainly has. Um, is sure. uh, tell tell us first about how common this is. Then we'll get into the you know the real uncommon thing of having two children uh, at the same time with it. But uh, but how common or uncommon is Canavan disease at this point? So it's considered a, a rare disease. Um, so it's not very common to find children with Canavan's disease. One of the amazing things is uh, that you know. The genetic testing was developed for it. It's on the Ashkenazi panel, so that has really reduced um, the frequency of it. But it it was and and continues to be a rare disease. Um, one in forty Ashkenaz people are carriers for it. Um, and, and to have two children in the same family with it is is that? I think uh, well, it's a one in four chance for each with it, with each pregnancy to have a child with cannabis. Um so, so I'm not sure what that frequency would be. Right. <laughs> I think it's just one in four each time. And um, again, I don't know to what degree you discuss the, you know, the, the specifics, um, which are, you know, obviously privy to your own family. But uh, w- were you aware upon getting married that there was a risk that there was a carry? No, no I, I had been, um, I had been tested years ago, and and there was a clerical mistake, and they, even though I was supposed to be tested for the entire Ashkenaz panel. Um, some, many of the things that were supposed to be on it at the time got left out. Um, just completely a clerical mistake by the lab. And when my results came back negative, I was told, you know, you have no markers, you're in the clear. So um, that, was, that was a mistake that was made. But, and, and Benny and Josh, you said, are 17 months and? Five months. And They're five a year months. apart. What, what what is symptomatic about Canavan? How did you first discover that there was a problem? So it it took it took months to get a diagnosis for Benny. Um, uh, he was he was delayed. You know, it started out at six months with him not sitting up by himself, um, and then it's every month he sort of plateaued from there. Whereas children um, gain new skills all the time and if anyone you know if anyone's seen a kid you know they're doing something new every day right. it was around six months where he just plateaued um and you know we were taking him to neurologist after neurologist and all, all different doctors we took him to um just trying to figure out why and and it went undiagnosed for months and by the time we got a diagnosis i had a, a two-week-old little josh and um we were told to you know, do the genetic test for both of them at the same time. And that's when you discovered everything. Yeah, yeah. Jenny Lansman's with us. Uh, we'll talk about the GoFundMe page in a moment. Uh, you just mentioned uh, at the early part of this conversation how the doctor essentially said, go home, there's not much to do. Since then, have you met anybody who feels otherwise? Um, us. We decided to feel otherwise. <laughs> Um, and, and yes, we, we've met, we've met doctors and, and researchers who are doing, you know, amazing work with, uh, canavans and, and other diseases. Um, some of the Jewish genetic disorders have been, I guess we could use the word cured, right? Or at least, uh, made even more rare. Am I right about that over the years? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
And um, what do the researchers and those who are working, you know, tell you about uh, the there's possibilities a, with this one? There's a lot of promise. Um, you know, the gene therapy is uh, uh, an amazing field right now. That's new things are happening every single day with it. Every year, they're doing new things. They're, they've cured a lot of genetic diseases through gene therapy, um, and we're hoping Canavans will be the next one. All right. The GoFundMe page has been set up. It is called Save Benny and Josh. Literally go to GoFundMe.com slash Save Benny and Josh. Uh, you've set a goal for $1.2 million. I'm sure you're aware of the fact that you're over the halfway point already on this campaign. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're. It, it's been amazing. It's been completely... Uh, we were taken aback by the response from, from so many people in our community and you know, across the world that just, that cared. And, and we just, we never thought that we'd get the response that we've gotten. So we, we're really grateful. Uh, what have uh, you and Gary decided would be the best way to utilize this money once it's in? Um, we are putting this money towards research that is, um, basically there, there is gene therapy that's been created. Um, it's sitting in a lab and we're trying to bring it to patient use. So it's ready for them. We just need to bring it out for the patients. And and is all that's needed for that uh, money? Is that the only thing that's needed for that to happen? That's all that's needed. They need funding. Um, you know, there's not enough funding for rare diseases. Uh, pharmaceutical companies very often don't think they're going to get a big return on, on rare diseases because there's not enough patients. Um, so, you know, they put the money towards other things. But if we could get the money and if we can fund it, then we can get it to patient use. So a million dollars, or in this case, 1.2, can go a long way in getting this done. Incre- it, it, can, it can literally save lives. You must be extremely encouraged seeing this figure approach 700,000 already. Um, absolutely. I'm, I, Pretty I, amazing. I'm, and, and we've already given a lot of money towards... Um, towards the research and they're they're moving it forward they are on their way so if we could just get it there a little sooner we can you know hire an extra lab tech hire somebody more to move it so that then the kids could get treatment sooner have you met other canavan parents yes um that was one thing that i i searched out for very early on to find out other parents experiences um if any other parents had experience with doctors that are doing experimental treatments, things like that. Did they give you encouragement in that area, and are they encouraged by what you're doing? Yeah. A lot of, so many parents have reached out to me, thanking me, um, you know, having newfound hope, and and they're excited, and they're helping. I have so many Canavan families that have, and also other rare diseases that have reached out to me, and they're forwarding the page and getting different charities to help, you know, uh, and in funding, so it's been incredible. It's a whole new community. Do we have any idea how many Canavan patients there are in this country, or approximately how many? I, I've I've read that there's about 1,500 across the world. Mm, wow. Um, I have only met a few. I've only met a few parents. How are Benny and Josh doing today? Right now, they're both sleeping. <laughs> they're uh, typical typical as in uh as other kids that sometimes don't sleep through the night. So last night we had, uh, some nights are good and some nights, you know, they want to party a little bit. So they were up a bit last night and now they're <laughs> sleeping in. Is uh, Gary as motivated as you are in all this? Oh yeah. He's by my side through it all. And, you know, talking to people and sending out emails and, um, you know, I, I think 
many parents would relate that they would do anything for their children. Oh, yeah. And um, we both feel that way. Uh, Jenny and Gary Lansman, they started one month ago. They started a GoFundMe page uh, to raise $1.2 million. You've heard uh, how important this gene therapy is and how it really can advance uh, the situation in a positive way for their children and obviously for others who are suffering from Canavan disease. Those of you out there who would like to help, I would hope that this audience would be very generous. They are already just under 700000 which is pretty remarkable for just one month. And everybody can go to the GoFundMe page. It's GoFundMe.com slash Save Benny and Josh. Again, GoFundMe.com slash Save Benny and Josh. They're going to try to uh, get to $1.2 million as quickly as possible, and everybody here can certainly help in that regard, all the details are online on the page. Plus, there's a video where you could see uh, Gary and Jenny speak about the situation with their kids uh, there in the video, and uh, they'll explain the story uh, in even more detail. Um, what can I say? As you said, anything for our children, um, and, and you're obviously taking that to a tremendous extent, Kala Kavod, and uh, whatever, uh, whatever we can do to uh, help you remain as positive as possible and to move things along, you just let us know. And uh, you just let us know, Jenny, and uh, we will try our best to motivate our audience to be behind you even more and more. That's incredible. Can't thank you enough. Uh, Everybody out there, GoFundMe.com, save Benny and Josh. Benny and Josh's parents have really stepped up. They're on the front lines with this battle. Uh, We know what Jewish genetic diseases are about, or at least many of us are familiar with with, uh, some of the Jewish genetic disorders out there, and this is one. Uh, that uh, has hope, certainly has hope down the line. They need money to make sure they can bring the gene therapy and uh, all the other uh, uh, different innovations to reality. They are just under $700,000 in this current campaign with a goal of $1.2 million, and you could help out by going to GoFundMe.com slash save Benny and Josh. We'll send uh, Gary our best and send Benny and Josh our best. We wish you the best of luck. Uh, Jenny, as you go through this battle. Thank you so much. A pleasure. More coming up. It is a Tuesday morning broadcast, and you are listening to JM in the AM. Hi, 
J.M. in the A.M. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at nachmusical.com, 
on the Nahum Single Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wrapping up the hour with the brand new Simcha Liner. He'll be in studio tomorrow, by the way. A new music alert Wednesday. Simcha Liner in studio tomorrow. That's called L'Chaim. Before that, you heard the uh, Yaakov Shweki uh, selection, Chaim Shaltova, here at JM in the AM. That's off of the album, We Are a Miracle. Uh, Simcha Liner tomorrow. On Thursday, Ellie Gerstner and all the uh, Hask 31. A time for music 31 information. That's Thursday morning here at JM in the AM. Boy. Big music, um, big music week for us here at JM in the AM. <clears throat> Excuse me. This coming Shabbos is Parshas Vayechi. <clears throat> it's also the third annual Team Shabbos. What is Team Shabbos? Team stands for Traditional End of Life Awareness Movement. Four hundred and twenty-seven shuls, two hundred and seven, two hundred and seven communities, and that number is growing. Oh. <laughs> It, yeah, it certainly is growing. Uh, here I have now 209 shuls have joined uh, to be part of this traditional end-of-life awareness movement Shabbos brought to you by NASC, which is the uh, National Association of Hevra Kadisha, the director of the National Association of Hevra Kadisha, and the head of the Avada Rabbanim of Queens Hevra Kadisha is um, Rabbi Alchanan Zon, who joins us live via telephone. Rabbi Zone, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Good morning. Thank you very much, Nachum, for having me on. A pleasure. Uh, Why we... has uh, Parshas Vayechi been chosen for this Shabbos? Well, Parshas Vayechi is unique in the sense that it uh, really contains not only uh, the story of Yaakov's burial in Eretz Yisrael, it is the source of the concept of chesed, Shalemes, based on Yaakov's statement to his son Yosef, uh, to provide him not only with the kindness of taking care of him at the end of his life, but also to do it uh, as um, Emes would require, to provide kindness that is defined by the truth of what is best for him. And so uh, while it might have been logical to bury him in Egypt, where all the Jews were going to be for many years, uh, nevertheless, he asked that he take him to Eretz Yisrael and bury him with his parents and uh, in Mars Machpela. So Chesed Shalemis is uh, really based on this, these words, and it's also a parsha that deals with illness. The first recorded uh, discussion of illness in the Torah is in this parsha. It tells us that Yaakov was sick. Mm-hmm. Midrash tells us that Yaakov actually asked to be sick before that people just died. They really did not have any warning, any uh, time to prepare. And so Yaakov asked that he be given that opportunity so that he could uh, instruct his children and give them the proper tzavah and the proper direction uh, as to what he would want them to do in life in general, uh, give them a chance to bless them and also to direct them and also to direct them as to how he would like to be taken care of at the end of his life. Uh, this coming Shabbos, Team Shabbos, traditional end-of-life awareness movement, will unite shuls and communities around the country to address and generate awareness regarding the value of life and the importance of making appropriate end-of-life decisions. What are some of the common mistakes that people make when it comes to end-of-life decisions? I think the first mistake is not being prepared. Uh, the first mistake is really not recognizing the need to have uh, living will, uh, preferably a halachic living will, defined by halacha, which is both created by Hakurath Israel of America. Uh, they actually have one uh, that is slightly different to conform to state laws in about 18 or 20 states. 
and the Medical Council of America has their own version of the Halachic Medical Directive. But everyone needs to be prepared with a healthcare proxy and um, some kind of direction to give their families if, God forbid, something happens and they're ill, and they can't make decisions for themselves. This is what the law requires, and it just gives them the opportunity to have someone speak for them as they would want to speak themselves. So that is the first mistake. Uh, also, making a will and making a will again in accordance with halacha, uh, leaving children some kind of an ethical will, giving them direction as to what is most important to you, uh, that they should continue in their life uh, and how they live their lives. Uh, but I think there is also a very important uh, recognition that needs to be given to the fact that we live in a world where uh, quality of life has uh, unfortunately become the definition of life that is important, right. a life that is worth living, whereas opposed uh, to the Torah concept, which is that sanctity of life is very important. Every minute of life is important, particularly if we realize that life is something that uh, gives us eternity. And so there's a very different perception. And even within the Frum community, there is a very uh, strong uh, sense of um, cultural influence that we read about, that we hear about uh, all the time about why do we need to live and, uh, you know, if we're not going to be productive, why do we need to burden others, and so on. And so I think anyone who's also been through this and has seen the difficulty that people might uh, encounter at end of life uh, may just naturally feel a resistance to want to be in that position. However, the Torah view is different. So we need to really be able to strengthen people and give them a very positive uh, view and understanding of the Torah position, of the Torah uh, opinion as to what is appropriate that they can be strong in those uh, situations. Rabbi Elchanan Zone is with us, and these are things that people can be uh, in charge of, so to speak. Everyone, if they're prepared properly, then the person themselves, as opposed to leaving it to a relative or a friend to deal with, the person themselves can be in control, literally we could say this time, of their own destiny. They can be in control of how they are handled, the types of things that are done both before and after their passing, correct? Absolutely. Uh, you know, in the halachic living will, there's no checkoff uh, that we do. Uh, you know, in a typical living will, you know, we choose this this type of medical procedure, that type of medical procedure. But from a halachic perspective, from a Torah perspective, we cannot do that at an age or at a time where we really are not in that situation. Every situation is different. But by choosing a proxy and instructing them and knowing their feelings and conveying to them your feelings on this, you will be sure that it will be taken care of in a way in which you are comfortable, in a way which you are you feel is appropriate. The halakhic living will also designates a rabbi or a rav that will be able to direct any uh, questions that may arise and direct the family as to how to uh, move forward and how to proceed with those medical decisions. So you have the option of choosing a rather that you are comfortable with. And therefore, in essence, you have made all the decisions by the people you've put in place, both the proxy as well as the rabbi. There's a, a website, teamshabbos.org slash register, teamshabbos, S-H-A-B-B-O-S, dot org slash register. It's a third annual Team Shabbos. Respect life here and hereafter is the theme. Again, go to teamshabbos.org. That would be the best way to get information and to register for this uh, this coming Shabbos. And uh, I would I would assume, uh, based on conversations you and I have had both on and off the air, 
that when it comes to the hereafter or once someone has passed on, uh, the most um, uh, anti-halachic uh, activity that continues to happen is cremation as opposed to proper burial. Would that be accurate? Absolutely so. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that we'd like to see when a person dies. First of all, in-ground burial as, a, as opposed to above-ground burial. The immediacy of burial having tahara done as a, prep, as a form of preparation rather than having a body be viewed or dressed in their own clothing. But certainly cremation is the most important thing, and not having is the most important thing. In-ground burial is most important. And unfortunately, uh, people, particularly in the New York area, where there's a very strong uh, community, Jewish community and from community, people don't realize that around the country today, there are about 40% of Jews. I repeat, 40% of Jews who are being cremated. That's a national average in New York. It's uh, probably half that. Right. Uh, but you go into places like uh, California, it's probably uh, almost double that. It could be as high as 70 or 75% of Jews today are being cremated. It's uh, 50% nationally, but among Jews it's uh, about 10% less. And it's extremely important for people to realize that even though they themselves may not be choosing cremation, they may not even have people in their immediate circle, but they may have cousins or, or, or uh, relatives or close acquaintances that they could raise the uh, discussion with and open the discussion so that over a period of time they could explain to them why uh, traditional Jewish burial is really preferred is the right thing, not only from a religious perspective, but also from a perspective of family, what it means uh, for family continuity, for family history, what it means for closure, to be able to be there when someone you love is buried and you see them, rather than to receive an urn that has ashes, who knows whose ashes those really are, uh, just for the respect of being able to visit a family plot where parents and grandparents uh, are there, we're able to be there. Of course, we believe that the neshamas are there as well, which is why we call the cemetery of Beis HaKayim, a home of the living. We live eternally, and there is a vestige of a neshama at every grave. But the fact is that we need to reach out to those people uh, who might be choosing cremation, and they could be people we would not really uh, think about doing so. But in today's world, with the influence of the culture around us, this is becoming more and more prevalent, and it is really growing at an alarming rate. So our opportunity to reach out is very important. That's another one of the messages that we are trying to convey with Team Shabbos is for us to reach out to those Jews around us who uh, we may work with, uh, who we may be close to on a social level, right. um, and reach out to them. And How did, yeah. I'm sorry, Gordon. How does Team Shabbos work? You don't have... Uh enough staff members to send people to 500 shuls. What do you do? You educate the rabbis through uh, uh, different uh, educational materials? Yeah. Team Shabbos is really for rabbis and communities to register. It's not for individuals. It's uh, The shuls are whom we are targeting. And the goal is to have rabbis either speak on Shabbos at their usual drasha or uh, give a shir, or uh, it could be a dvar Torah at or something in the divrei Torah they hand out. On any one of these issues, we highlight 13 issues. The goal is to have uh, the shuls join, and teamshabbos.org has many resources on all of the different topics that we highlight. Uh, which Rabbanim can use. And, of course, Rabbanim are usually very good at uh, creating their own. Uh, we ask them to share that with us. And they can find the Torah, uh, certainly in the Parsha-like parsha like Vayichi, 
uh, to be able to focus on any one of these issues and uh, to really bring out the thoughts that I think the Torah would like us to think about uh, regarding these very, very important issues that most of us don't talk about. The third annual Team Shabbos traditional end-of-life awareness movement is this Shabbos, Parshas Vayechi. Go to teamshabbos.org slash register information. You can email Rabbi Zone, info at nask.org. That's info at nask, N-A-S. CK.org. They have a phone number at 718-847-6280. That's 718-847-6280. And as Rabbi Zone mentioned, the website has a lot of information, both for rabbis and community leaders, and certainly anybody can go and see uh, the work that they're doing. Go to teamshabbos.org, teamshabbos.org. Rabbi Zone, anything else you'd like to uh, add? just want to thank you and uh, encourage your schools to join. Um, and um, hopefully we look forward to the day that we go out of business very <laughs> soon. Bezrat Hashem. Bezrat Hashem. Okay. Amen to that. Uh, continue your amazing work, Rabbi Zone. You're incredible. Thank you, Nachum. Thank you for having me. Have a very good week, and uh, look forward to everyone joining us. Thank you. Third annual Team Shabbos, everybody. Go to the website, teamshabbos.org. Uh, amazing um, uh, efforts by Rabbi Zone and his staff to make sure that all Jews everywhere, please God, are aware of uh, important information regarding end of life, both before and after one has left us. Tuesday morning at 12 minutes after 8 o'clock, it's JM in the AM.
אתה וחרתנו מכל העמים אהבת אותנו ורצית בנו ורוממתנו מכל הלשונות וקידסתנו במצוותיך וקרבתנו מלכנו לעבודתך ושמך הגדול, הגדול והקדוש, עלינו קראת Sholi with the single Ahafta before that Eitan Katz and O.D. Shama. Laman Achai was, of course, the greater Shlomo Kalbach. Tuesday morning, sunshine out there with a high temperature of 32, 24 minutes after the hour. Thanks for joining us here on a JM in the AM Tuesday morning. Tomorrow, it's a new music alert Wednesday. That's when Simcha Liner is going to be our guest here at JM in the AM. Simcha Liner tomorrow, a new music alert Wednesday. On Thursday, Hask, a time for music 31. What's it all about? Ellie Gerstner and company Thursday morning as we get set for January the 7th.
of uh, 2018. January the 7th of 2018. That's the date for a time for music number uh, 31. We'll explore it this Thursday right here at JM in the AM. Reminder, coming up at 9 o'clock right after JM in the AM, it's JM Rewind, our conversation with Doug Sokoloff of the Douglas Sokoloff Experience, our conversation with Dr. David Rossmarin of the Center for Anxiety, and our conversation from Friday with CNBC senior editorial columnist Jake Novak. All those between 9 and 10 on JM Rewind coming up. Don't forget, at 11 o'clock this morning, live lunch will be done by ZK. He'll be doing the live lunch. And again, new music alert Wednesday tomorrow with Simcha Liner in studio, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Oh, yes. Looking forward to a fun and interesting morning, to say the least, uh, happening tomorrow. Uh, JM in the AM, more coming up on this uh More coming up on this Tuesday morning. This is brand new from Avram Freed. ובכל זאת לבד. כל חייו לא ביקש שום דבר, רק חייך קיבל באהבה כל מה שעבר Thank you. 
JM in the AM, the one and only Avramo. There he is, Avram Free, Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. It's brand new from the Kamatov CD. Um, so tomorrow, Simcha Liner with us, a new music alert uh, Wednesday, as we're calling it. That happens tomorrow at 8 a.m. And then Thursday at 8 a.m., it'll be uh, Ellie Gerstner and company as we explore the Hask Time for Music number 31 event that's happening on January the 7th of uh, 2018 and um we'll have a chance thursday to speak about that and uh find out as much as possible about the upcoming Hass concert should be a lot of fun so tomorrow some Kaliner thursday ellie gerstner and company here at jm in the am well the ou is doing something um really special unique and uh, something that i hope a lot of people in our audience take advantage of Starting on June the 11th, again, starting on June the 11th, uh, the OU and OU Israel present Poland-Israel Journey, From Painful Paths to Hopeful Homeland, the Poland-Israel Journey. They'll be in Poland for three nights beginning June the 11th. They'll be in Israel for a wonderful Shabbaton in Yerushalayim starting June the 15th. And Rabbi Sam Shore, who is the program director at the OU Israel Center is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Shore, welcome to JM in the AM. Nachum, so great to hear from you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate you joining us, and thank you for being on. This is something that I hope a lot of people in this audience take advantage of. The OU has reached out to the community and has offered a unique trip, Poland and then Israel, starting on June the 11th. Uh, tell us about how this all came about, how there's a an offer for American jury to head to both Poland and Israel with the OU. So, to, to be honest with you, really, the, the official name of the OU Israel Center is the Orthodox Union Jerusalem World Center, the Seymour J. Abrams Orthodox Union Jerusalem World Center. And in addition to serving the Anglo community here in Yerushalayim, near Kodesh, and all there, to say, oh, really... The center is meant to be a an epicenter for world jewelry and to inspire all world jewelry. So this, in line with that vision and that mission, um, this project came came, came about. Um, we are very fortunate to have with us for that that entire week in June, Rabbi Rabbi Seher Weinreb, wow. the executive vice president emeritus of the Orthodox Union. Um, Rabbi Weinreb, as I think everyone is familiar with. Is one of the most dynamic, um, inspiring, brilliant scholars and storytellers in the Jewish world. And to have Rabbi Weinberg with us for this entire trip is an opportunity of a lifetime to spend several days reflecting on, on, on the rich Jewish history of, of, of Poland 
and the promise of today and tomorrow here in Eretz Israel, together with Rabbi Weiner, to kind of frame that as a is a gift, I think, for most people to experience. Oh, well, we totally agree with that. We are tremendous fans of Dr. Tzvi Hirsch Weinrib, and he is an amazing storyteller and historian, and will add so much to the trip. And during the uh, Poland end, you'll be visiting places like Lodz and Warsaw and Lublin and Lezhensk and uh, Krakow, and of course, places uh, like Majdanek and Auschwitz as well. Then you get to uh, Israel and the Shabbaton in Yerushalayim completely uh, changes the mood of the trip and uh, it allows everyone to celebrate in the Holy City starting on June the 15th. Uh, you've put together, uh, from what I see, in addition to the round-trip uh, airfare, you've put together five-star hotel accommodations for people to enjoy both in Poland and Israel. And from what I hear, I've never done the Poland end of these trips. From what I hear, uh, the uh, the amenities and the accommodations in these places are better than people would expect, right? That's my understanding as well. From uh, and, and five-star, you know, gourmet catering, OU, OU kosher-approved catering throughout the entire trip, which is also an amazing thing. Um, listen, for more information, people can for sure check out our, and I encourage people to go to our OU Israel website, www.ouisrael.org. Um, you know, there's a pasuk in Rashi Harvinu, Zechoriyamot Alam Dinu Shnod Dovador. Really, the Torah is telling us that there's an inherent value you know, in, in, in reflecting on the history of Am Yisrael in order for us to, to truly move forward and become who we're truly meant to be and destined to be as a nation. And this trip, I would think, is really designed to accomplish that goal. On one hand, reflecting on the glorious past and, and some, sometimes painful episodes of our past, and celebrating the promise of today and tomorrow as well. Yeah, so, no question about it. I'm, I'm sure the people in this audience understand the significance of both, no question about it, and you're making a very important point. Those out there in our audience who have never experienced this type of trip, it's a unique opportunity. Not only do you get to travel with the OU, you know what that means, uh, how reliable and uh, and productive they are when it comes to these types of projects, but in addition, by Dr. Tzvi Hirschweiner, Mr. Ray Shor, has pointed out, adds so much to all of this. So participate uh, starting on June the 11th in the Poland-Israel journey brought to you by OU and OU Israel. Uh, again, Rabbi uh, Dr. Tzvi Hirsch Weinrib and Rabbi Sam Shore, who's the program director of the OU Israel Center, uh, are going to be on the journey with everybody. Uh, the information is at ouisrael.org slash Israel. 2018 again ouisrael.org slash poland israel 2018 and this has been designed for people on this side of the world to go east and to travel to poland and then israel and have this unique experience i'm hoping or by sure that since you made this public you're already starting to hear somewhat of a a groundswell of not just interest but enthusiasm to be on a trip like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I do I have one last one last important link that we're fortunate to have with us. And this is a, myself and Rabbi Weinreb. Together with us would be Rabbi Hazan Krieger, who's the founder and executive director of the Shame Alum Institute. Wow. Rabbi Krieger is one of the world experts in Holocaust education. And more importantly, he trained many, many of the guides that, that go through Poland and Eastern Europe from here in Israel, and he's probably the, the living expert in the world on the Luz Ghetto. His father was, I believe, a survivor of, of the Luz Ghetto, and Rabbi Trudeau is just an amazing, amazing personality, a Tamil a great, great educator, and he's going to be with us throughout our time in Poland as well. 
Amazing. Great lineup. Really, really great lineup. The trip is June 11th, everybody. Take advantage. Uh, visit the website and check it all out. OUIsrael.org slash Poland Israel 2018. OUIsrael.org slash Poland Israel 2018. Or by Sam Shores, program director at the OU Israel Center. Rabbi Shore, thanks so much for joining us and a big yashikoach on this great event. Nako, thanks for making the time to have me and uh, for all you do for the Jewish people. I greatly appreciate that. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Mayim Rabim. Derech Achim sing that song. Tuesday morning broadcast, 26 degrees, sunshine, and a high of 32. Yeah, point being that it's cold here in New York, that's for sure. <laughs> well, one of the uh, most popular people on social media, certainly most popular people that's uh, connected to our community, and somebody who's become a really uh, um, fast and close friend of ours here at the Nahum Siegel Network, I'm proud to say, uh, we have even more positive energy than we used to have because of uh, his association with us. The one and only Mayor Kay is with us live via telephone. Mayor Kay, how is your day? Baruch Hashem, it's going great today. Wow, what kind of words. I'm so happy to be part of the fam jam. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I was, I was, um, I saw some of your Hanukkah videos, so big yeshikach for everything that you've been doing over the last few weeks. And I actually, yeah. I actually, and I don't know, I don't know if this was from, you know, years ago, months ago, or, or fresh and new. I just, I just don't remember, but there was a video of you, uh, enjoying Manhattan with a friend from the Islamic community. Do you remember that video? Totally. Yes. Now yes, that now gosh. now that gentleman is someone you knew going into the whole project, someone you had just met at that point. What could you tell us about the background? So it's yeah, it's interesting. I've been getting a lot of feedback from that. We put that out a year ago. Uh, but you know how social media is, the trends sure. come back around, and it's great to see that it's opening another conversation. Nas and I, um, I actually knew him before he got into video. He's doing quite well now in that platform. Before when I met him, which is over two years ago, um, he was working at Venmo which is like a social media um, app which helps people pay each other easily. In any case, back then he was, um, yeah, he was just work, he was working here in Manhattan. A friend of ours, a mutual friend, put us in touch. We went out um, to meet up for a coffee or something, and uh, we connected. We connected on many different levels, um, and uh, we became fast friends as well. Interesting. Uh, so you still... You're still familiar with and uh, associate with him today? Yeah. We actually, after that video that's trending now, we met up. We were in touch. We have been in touch. And then we actually made a second video out in L.A. We both were brought out um, to do a uh, to do a couple videos for the L.A. Board of Tourism. So that was uh, like six months ago. And we uh, so we, we saw each other then, and then he came back to New York. We met up. And uh, he's been traveling the world even more than I am. And uh, but he, yeah, we still keep in touch, and uh, we're rooting for each other's success. Does he go to as many unusual places as you do? <laughs> yeah, he really he has a great stick where he puts uh, his videos are all under one minute, and uh, he ah. goes out and uh, and does different various videos. And yes, you know, our politics may differ on certain on certain levels, but uh, we can, like I said, we connect on this on on many others, and we are able to open and respect each other and discuss it. And he travels to the places that you're banned from, that you're, that you're not allowed to travel to, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not fair as a noticeable Jew. The list of places you're, you can travel to is so much shorter, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true. There is, there's a few things on my bucket list where I'd like to check out. But uh, yeah. more recently, Egypt re- uh, reopened, and I'm really excited to check that out. I know friends of mine have went there, less adventurous than I. Right. He said it was quite quite interesting and, and enjoyable. So, you know, the, the first reason I asked you to join me this morning is because uh, yesterday I got a notice that the Soul Farm was doing their last show of the year, their last show of 2017, and I noticed that you were on the bill, that you were you, you were actually and 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 really it, it wasn't just because you were involved that I wanted to speak to you, you know, and and you should give us some type of uh, of show review from last night, but but even more so when I saw the names. 
of who's performing with Soul Farm last night, I needed confirmation that these groups, that these acts actually exist. For instance, when I see <laughs> uh, when I see an act called Chillant or an act called Pumpadisa or an act oh called or an act called Kosha Dills with Mayor K, I need to know if these things are for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, and the, the names are getting more and more creative <laughs> as the times go on. But I, I could, I could attest that each and every one of them is not only, not only do they exist, but they are super talented in their own right. Well, let me, well, let me, true. let me start with this. Are, are any of the members of Pumbadisa actually from Pumbadisa or not? <laughs> you know, if we start going back, you know, aren't we all from Pumbadisa? <laughs> You know, it is, but I, they, those, those guys are the Levin brothers, two brothers who are incredibly talented. Um, they've actually are the guys who travel around the world. They, they were the ones who uh, played for the Sikh out in like, I forgot where it was in Iraq, Iran, somewhere. They get around as well. At the same time, their music is very, very cool. I mean, uh, very, I would say not klezmer like, but, um, very, uh, very joyful. Sort of reminds you of the Shetel, but with like a nice remix to it. Not Kletzner, but just a really upbeat, positive, holy messages that they really bring out in a very fun, fun way. Um, I've worked with them personally at bar mitzvahs, at some weddings as well. So they're really, really cool. Interesting. Th- yeah, very, very awesome. They, they rock the show. Was there a common thread with all these groups in general, or, or, or was one extreme to the other? Like when, when Kosha Dills got up there with Mayor K, what kind of act was that? Oh my gosh, we ended, we ended, it. we, yeah, it was, it built it up. I, I mean, Soulfarm was definitely the main headliner. Right. They, of course, are always uh, do an incredible job. Yeah, they're uh, great. And it's also great because I saw them as, you know, I was growing up and then be able to like hang out with them behind the stage and get to know them on a deeper level was very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, it was a mix. I would say, I think <laughs> Sunday there were like a bunch of concerts that went down. And so when Monday came along, for all those who just, you know, I guess it wasn't booked that night. We just all got together and we put this thing together and it turned out to be the best chalent ever. And talking about chalent, chillant <laughs> are these incredible dudes out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They came in and they're like this bluegrass, folky, um, incredibly, incredibly talented, like folks who could play like every type of instrument. So they got together, they played a couple of their songs and assisted with other bands. And then uh, Kosha Dill is my man. We have a couple songs out together and that's what we, we performed. We have the I Love Monday song, which worked out beautifully because it was a Monday. And that's all about starting a week with the positive step. You know, Monday comes along, people are like, oh, but yeah. God, it's Monday, I, I've we seen, got the whole week ahead of us. I've seen that video, and, right? I've seen that video, am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And so we performed that, and then we also performed our hit Dreidel Trap song, which was uh, the new the new song we put out this past Hanukkah. Pretty cool. Who's Zalman yeah. Kraus? Zalman Kraus is a nice Jewish boy out of New Jersey. He's uh, a YouTube star, and he uh, has his own range of music, which he puts out, um, experimental slash comedian performer. And uh, he opened up and got the crowd warmed up, got them going, and, and then uh, we moved into Pompadisa. And Matt Barr? Matt Barr is a rapper from a Jewish rapper out of Fairfield, Connecticut. It was the first time I met him personally. Also, fun guy, good energy, um, and he uh, he was on stage as well towards the end with Kosher Dills. Thank God we met you. At least you could get us uh, affiliated and associated with these guys. <laughs> Otherwise, I would uh, I wouldn't have a clue who some of these people are. But from what I hear, they're each drawing a nice crowd and they have a nice following. Each and every one of them. Each and every one of them do. They bring their own. They bring their own. You know, followings. And so, well, last night when we're in the Highline Ballroom, you have a whole mix 
of people from all like you know over the tri-state area from right. like, different like, different groups and like and just vibing together all coming together for the international music uh, you know language of music and uh, it was really really joyous it was great my mom came out my brother came out to see me nice. which is really nice and uh, listen I've been I was in the Highline Ballroom for a few shows did and the, to be on stage performing with them was was awesome did Kosha Dills give you a chance to shine Mayor K or uh, you know like uh, <sighs> did they give you an opportunity to get out there a little bit. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
at Soul Farm. They were the headliners last night at the Highline Ballroom, as Mayor Kay mentioned. <laughs> Tuesday morning, it's JM the AM. Remember, tomorrow is a live, excuse me, a new Music Alert Tuesday, Wednesday. A new Music Alert Wednesday. Tomorrow is a new Music Alert Wednesday with a Simcha Liner live in studio. A new Music Alert Wednesday with Simcha Liner live in studio tomorrow here at uh, JM in the AM. On Thursday, we get a chance to uh, explore what's happening at the uh, Haas concert, a time for music number 31, January the 7th at Lincoln Center. Ellie Gerstner will be visiting us here at JM in the AM. Maybe some other guests as well. Who knows? Um, and we'll find out uh, whatever they're willing to tell us regarding the big uh, Hass concert, excuse me, January the 7th, Lincoln Center, New York City. All right. Should be very interesting. Uh, so join us again tomorrow, Simcha Liner. New Music Alert. Wednesday, Thursday, Ellie Gerstner in studio. Remember that the um, the year 2017 is coming to a close rapidly, and many people have the custom to uh, donate as generously as possible to great causes before the end of the calendar year. With that in mind, please go to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. And give as generously as possible to keep us going in 2018. Give what you can. You can sponsor all or part of a JM in the AM. All of the uh, details are there on the website. Go to fjbunity.org. And we thank you. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow, Simcha Liner. Thursday, Ellie Gerstner regarding Hask. Plenty happening this week. Make sure to keep it here all through the day and all through the week. Coming up next, JM Rewind, Douglas Sokloff and the Douglas Sokloff Experience. Dr. David Ross Marin of the Center for Anxiety. CNBC senior editorial columnist Jake Novak, all part of JM Rewind. Coming up next right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. ZK will do a live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Make sure to join him. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.